It's The Rendezvous with Simon Marcel. Bonjour, good evening, I'm Simon Marcel. Welcome to The Rendezvous. We're going to talk about love, we're going to talk relationships. And please, 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 if in your life you have had a moment of love, a unique moment of sweetness, a moment you like, like it's like a movie scene, or a small, big, or huge, doesn't matter. I would like you to share it with me and bring me that good karma on the show. Because, you know, those love stories, they stay with me, and it's like a good vibe that enters my brain every time I hear a good story. I want to open the show with the result of a poll I put on my social media at Rendezvous Radio with that question. Do you believe that relationship counseling is only necessary when a marriage needs to be fixed? 69% of you said it's always a good idea. And 31% of you said yes, but only when it's necessary. My take is it's always good to go to marriage counseling once in a while just to check and balance see everybody's happy. That's my take. Any other questions? Call me now, 855-905-8255. I'm here. 855-905-8255. Any question? Just call me. Shana, bonjour. Bonjour, Simon. Bonjour, Shana. Welcome to the rendezvous. How can I help you tonight? Well, I've been seeing this guy for about, I don't know, three months, and um, I really want to meet his friends, but he seems to be really reluctant to do that, and it just makes me feel kind of uncomfortable, like maybe he's not serious about the relationship, or is he, like, embarrassed of me or something, and, you know, he's met several of my friends already, and I just, I don't know how to uh, to broach this with him, really. And how long have you guys been together? About three months. Uh-huh. And you have not met anyone? No, I haven't met anyone. It's always just me and him, and I just think it's a bit odd, you know. Three months? Okay. What's his excuse? Um, He's just like, well, I like to, you know, uh, my friends really want one-on-one time with me, and I really like our one-on-one time, so I just want to keep the two separate. And I'm not saying I need to hang out with him all the time, but... It would be nice to meet his friends. I just feel like that's really important. And I know how important his friends are to him. So, so okay. Um, let me ask you this, too. Are you guys exclusive or not yet? I don't think we're exclusive. Um, I know that okay. we're only seeing each other, but we, we're not like, we don't have labels yet. Okay. Well, how about this? I think that in the future, when it's the DTR, the defined relationship talk, I would say, Hey, listen, you know, it's it's kind of abnormal that um, I've never met any of your friends after three months. But fair enough. We're not exclusive yet. So just know that if you want us and I want us to be exclusive, uh, I'd like to, to meet your friends. I just feel, you know, that's the normal thing. And uh, if he says no to that, then you should rethink about being with a guy like this because he may have someone or something to hide. If he says yes, then you're good to go. But I think it's really the ultimate in your case test. So let's just give him a chance, but make it conditional. If you guys go exclusive, well, then you should meet his friends. If not, then we have a problem. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. I kinda, I'm just scared to bring that up, but I know it's probably something I'm ultimately going to have to do. Yes, don't be afraid of the truth, and don't be afraid to ask for what you want in relationships. You know, it's your relationship too, Shana, so you got to be transparent. If you're hiding what you feel... You can't grow and be happy. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much. You're most welcome. Good luck to you and have a good night. Thanks. Bye-bye. Talking about meeting the friends, let's talk about also when is it time to meet the family of your partner. That's next. So stay with me.
Okay, so in your mind, once you start dating somebody, when do you think it's time to meet your partner's family? His parents, brothers and sisters, his siblings or um, cousins. When, when do you think it's the right time, right? I said to my last caller, Shana, that, you know, for friends, I think that it goes with being exclusive. So it cannot pass that. So once you're exclusive, if you don't meet each other's friends, it's shady. Now, when it comes to the family, when it comes to meeting the parents, and uh, especially when you guys are serious, when you know we get together and, and things are more regular and established, I think the right time to meet the parents is... Stay with me. I'll tell you that next. Don't go anywhere. So when is it this famous time to meet the parents, right? So in my book, it is at the latest before the first year anniversary, right? So I would say if the first year has passed and you have not met each other's parents, unless like maybe like me, you live in a different country and sometimes it's difficult. But otherwise, if you live in America and in one year you've never introduced your parents, something is really wrong. That's my rule. Because you got to meet the parents. It's important to know the family. And, and I feel like people would not introduce you to their parents. Either they know they have no future with you or worse. So meet the parents in the first year. That's, for me, golden rule. Any questions about your relationship? You can call me now, 855-905-8255. I'm here. Call me, 855-905-8255. Carolina, bonjour. Bonjour, Simon. Um, I had a, a little story I'd like to share that I think is uh, really sweet. Oh, absolutely. Go ahead. Um, my husband and I, uh, we got married about uh, five years ago. And at the time, we were both like really broke and our, so was our families and stuff. So we just had like a really small, we just went to the courthouse and it was something we both wanted to do. Um, but we didn't have like the money for like a ring or anything like that. Um, mm-hmm. So we just kind of had like, it was <laughs> it was very silly. He ha- had like a ring pop, like the candy. And um, oh, yeah. Yeah, and he asked me with that, and like, and so we just haven't really had uh, rings at all. And then, um, you know, we've both been working and like saving money and stuff like that. And then, out of nowhere, like about a month ago, he came and uh, he was like, you know, I've, I love you so much, and I, I think you deserve everything, including a really beautiful ring for my beautiful wife. And then he, you know, he gave oh. me um, and a nice like wedding ring that we so we wow. could finally have, so we could finally have them. <laughs> I, I love that. I, I got to ask you, when the first time you had those, those the different kind of rings, like plastic and all that, how did you feel when he gave you that that first ring? Um, I still thought it was sweet. I wasn't like, if I can, because we were both like broke, you know, I wasn't gonna. What I'm just gonna be mad about a piece of metal, you know, in a rock. <laughs> it just seems <laughs> weird to be mad about a rock, you know. It, it was a symbol, you know. He just wanted me to know how much he loved me and. I just thought that was really sweet of him to do, you know. I think it's an extraordinary story, and, and it shows true love because you didn't care about the ring. I hear some, you know, some people really care about the ring, what it's made of, the, the stone. You went for all with your heart, and he did too. And that's something very, very beautiful because it shouldn't be about the ring quality or the size of the ring, or but just how much you love each other and the commitment. And that is just wonderful, Carolina, to hear this story because you just took away, in, in your own words, the symbolism of all the gold and the bling and everything else and put it back to the ring as a symbol of the commitment forever, no matter what it's made of. And how wonderful is that? 
Yeah, <laughs> it's really nice. <laughs> maybe, maybe if one day I get engaged, I should I should try the same kind of ring. See what my girlfriend would say. <laughs> it's the way I heard it on the rendezvous. It worked. Uh, I'm, I'm just kidding. But anyway, thank you so much for sharing that story, Karina. That was very sweet. Congrats to both of you and credit to him. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Have a good night. My Instagram DM is on fire. Somebody needs my help because. When you date somebody not very ambitious, you want to know what happens? That DM is next. Stay with me. If you uh, have a problem like you're dating somebody not ambitious, but you can't dial in, what do you do? Just send me a DM on my social media at Rendezvous Radio. Trish, what's exactly this DM about? Okay, so this DM comes from Wanda that says, Bonjour, Simon. Bonjour, Wanda. I'm struggling with the fact that I have a wonderful man in my life who is kind and caring, but he's not at all ambitious. He's had the same job since he graduated high school, making the same salary, and he has no aspirations of doing anything more professionally. I know it shouldn't be the most important thing, but I'm highly driven and successful in my career, and seeing him satisfied with just being me- mediocre is hard for me. I love him, and I trust him completely, so is this something I just need to get over or is there a way to make him more motivated? Wanda, thanks for the DM. That's a great question. What do you do when you realize the partner you love is not ambitious at all? I'm going to give you advice on this next. So stay with me. What would you do if the person you love, in the case of Wanda, the man of her life, is a good man, she loves him, trusts him completely, but realize he is not ambitious at all. Just he has no interest in gravitating success in his work. He's happy as is. And she, Wanda, has great ambition for herself and is very driven. So here's my take on this. We all bring different things to a relationship. And as long as we admire each other, but it doesn't have to be just about work. Somebody you can trust completely. Somebody you love and somebody you can rely on. Those three qualities, those three things, I admire that. So, yes, we all ideally would rather have somebody probably very ambitious and successful. But I think one day you should stay with him and don't think the grass is greener because somebody's ambitious. Because sometimes ambitious goes with selfishness. Not always, but sometimes. You call the next 855-905-8255. Eight five five nine zero five eighty two fifty five. Any question about your relationship? Call me now, Natalia. Bonjour. Bonjour. I have something I wanted to ask you about. Um, I've been married for about six years. I'm married to a wonderful man, um, but um, his—I wouldn't say it's an addiction. It's just a little much with the social media. He tends to, I think, overshare and kind of a little bit much on the TMI. <laughs> Um, and I don't know if I should say anything to him. I don't want to cause a rift, but, um, you know, I don't know why he is becoming more and more inclined to write stuff on there. Okay. You know him better than me. Why do you think he does so much posting? You know what? Honestly, I think it just started out as sort of, you know, excited about showing pictures of our family and doing, um, fun trips and that sort of thing. And then once the interaction started between he and other people, I think that became like his window into the world of being social as opposed to, I guess, being actually physically social with people. 
Do you feel you feel a little left out of all this? Um, you know what? I don't really feel left out necessarily. It's more about sharing things that I don't feel are necessary for people to know. Um, G- give me an example. Details. Give me a um, clear example. Well, for instance, we went away on a trip recently, and some family members didn't know that we did that. And so it kind of caused a little bit of a rift with the family. So, mm-hmm. you know, some things just sort of come out where it, that shouldn't be the way that they either A, find out, or B, that's something that we just want to keep personal to us. Okay, that's valid. Uh, okay, so there's two parts of the answer. The first thing is, remember, most of us post for validation or receiving some kind of affection or, or confirmation. So we post because we like people to like our picture, and there's this liking that impacts the day. It's a positive thing. You know, we like each other's picture, and we feel liked in return. So I would say to you, Natalia, that there's something somewhere in him that maybe looks for a little validation. He's not getting maybe at home or at work and he's getting it on social media. Okay, so that's the first part. The second part Mm -hmm. is where I agree with you. There's something that is off limits. Some things are off limits on social media, families and stuff and private things. So I think you can talk about it. You should do both things. You should love certain posts he does and say, I love that post you did. And then on the other ones, you just say, I don't think you should do this this," and tell him the truth. I think it's just too private. And so you kind of talk together about what strategy you both post on social media. But remember, my, my instinct as a man, my intuition, he feels he needs validation from the outside world that he's not getting at home or somewhere at work, okay? Okay. Thank you so much. You're most welcome. Good luck to you, Natalia, and thank you so much for calling me tonight. I appreciate the discussion. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks. You know what? I'm going to do something different. I'm going to check my voicemail right now because it's flashing and flashing, and I should have done that way before anyway. So this voicemail is next. Stay with me. You're listening to The Rendezvous, and just FYI, if all my lines are busy, always leave me a voicemail at 855-905-8255 so I can hear it, just like this one now. Bonjour, Simon. My name is Crystal, and I need your advice. Um, So recently, I went on a date with this guy, and he was really cute. The first date, we went to this Asian fusion restaurant, and he ordered all this food, and all these appetizers, and then when his food arrived, he told me that I couldn't have any. I, of course, thought he was joking. I thought we were, you know, going to share that. I guess I just assumed that. And when I went to go grab some with my hand, he kind of pushed it away and then put his hand up. It was kind of a turnoff. I thought that it would be a good time, but uh, once he did that, I was just very, I didn't know what to do next. So should I date him or dump him, give him a second chance? I'm not sure. Well, Crystal, thanks for the voicemail. Should you give a second chance to a man who takes you on a date and doesn't let you take any of his food? I'll answer that next. Stay with me. Now, that's a date or dumb dilemma. What would you do? You go out on a date, and then the guy orders all the food, and he's teasing you're not going to have any, and as you try to reach out to maybe taste some food, he moves your hand away from the food, put his hand to protect the food, and you're not getting any food, right? So he's a nice guy, but he's not sharing anything at all. Would you give him a second chance or not? I'm telling you right now, Crystal, I would not give this guy a second date because stinginess or the idea that you can share food with somebody you want to get to know and just generously just want to share what you have is not a good sign when it comes to love and relationship. So stay away from stingy people at all costs. I mean, what a story. I just like, I couldn't believe he did this. Move your hand away from the food? 
Jeez, that's no good. Anyway, thanks for the voicemail, and new calls are next, 855-905-8255. 855-905-8255. Liv, bonjour. Bonjour, Simon. Bonjour, Liv. Welcome to the rendezvous. Tell me what is up. How can I help you tonight? So here's how you can help me. I've been single for a very long time. And mm-hmm. I'm really ready to find love. Like, I'm ready to find the person who's going to be with me for the rest of my life and have children and a garden. And I'm kind of stuck on how to transition back into the dating world. It's kind of weird. I love when you said, I want children and a garden. And I thought that was lovely. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, when you say in a healthy way, what was you in the back in the past? What was your unhealthy way to date? So back in the day, I would go on like, okay, Cupid, <laughs> like okay. Harmony, trying to find the right person. And it wasn't really healthy. Like a lot of those dates turned out to be um, very frightening stories. Oh, I'm sorry about that. But it's not unhealthy to do online dating. Um, as long as you meet the person pretty rapidly in a public place, not so close to your home, you risk are very little. So when you think of dating... Tell me, ideally, how would you like to meet a man? If it was up to you, how would you like that meeting to happen? That's a great question. So if it was up to me, I would just be in the hardware store or I'll be going grocery shopping and I'll, you know, be looking for something, a tool or food. And I'll look up and there's, there he is, you know, like this gorgeous man. It would just be natural and I... it'll be perfect. I'll, you know, and, and that may happen. I mean, I, I, I personally sometimes have, I've uh, introduced myself to grocery stores. So if I do it, I'm sure other men have done it too. But it can happen. Chances are small. So how about just um, a meeting around not so much dating, but you know, there's those people that meet for bicycle rides, for hiking, for tennis, for ping pong, for house riding. That would be a nice, a nice way to meet other people, and not so much just about the romance, but just meet, you know, men in something you have in common, right? So would you be willing to do something like that? Sure. You know, I've been on Meetup before in the past. I, yeah. You know, but, you know, in your heart, you know that you're looking for, you know, the love of your life and you're going on a bike ride with 10 people who don't know and you guys love bikes. So it, it's, it's been kind of weird, but I think that's great advice and maybe I'll step out again. Just remember that every man I know goes to the Meetup. I'm in the same spirit than you. They just don't say it. So it's it's a very easy, breezy way to meet, but everybody, I think, goes there to meet a mate. Okay. So, all right, so be comfortable and go for it. Thank you so much, Simon. All right, Liv, no problem. Have a good night and good luck to you. All right, you too. Good night. More Rendezvous next. Thank you for listening to The Rendezvous. I'm Simon Marcel. I want to finish this show with a huge thank you to you, first of all, for being with me every night. I never take you for granted. And I always wonder, what are you doing when you're listening to The Rendezvous? Are you in your car? Are you at work? And I want to finish with a shout-out because I started radio a long time ago in Cleveland, Ohio. And it happens that I was back there a couple of days ago. And I went to that station where I started, and, and they said, oh, you remember when you started in 2007, the first Rendezvous show? And, and I said, yes. And, and I really, you know, I'm grateful 
for my first first producer Nick Camino who started with me the show that's 2007 and it was a different show but you know what an adventure so thank you so much for being with me from all these years how much we've grown the show so thank you so much for listening to The Rendezvous don't hesitate to listen more of my podcast new episodes are up on La Confession and I'll be back tomorrow thank you et bonsoir The Rendezvous with Simon Marcel